Hey there, listeners. This is Rod from Cincinnati Children's. If you listen to this podcast on anything other than the Stay Current Pediatric Surgery app, that's okay. Just know that you're missing out because we make these podcasts specifically to live in the app. In there, we're going to give you x-ray images, articles, all this stuff that the guests are talking about, you can access directly in the app while you're listening to the podcast. So download it today. It's in the Apple App Store. It's in the Google Play Store. But until then, enjoy the episode. In today's political climate, there are a few things more controversial than gun control. So today, we have a case. Gunshot wound. <laughs> well, it says well, it is a gunshot wound. Gunshot wound. <laughs> it is, it yeah. is a gunshot wound, but it's not, it's not, about, it's not about gunshot wounds. It's not wounds. about the gun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my bad. We're not talking about that case. Well, sort of. It's about coagulation. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> Specifically, tag or thromboelastography. It's becoming super popular. So that's why in 2019, we had Dr. Elizabeth Byerly from Children's of Alabama explain the basics of TEG to all of our listeners. And that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to give you our favorite sessions from update courses of the past. So enjoy today's Update Course Rewind on TEG. Here is Dr. Elizabeth Byerly with a case. This scenario is a 13-year-old male who sustains a transmediastinal gunshot wound. He is intubated, gets bilateral chest tubes, but there's still a significant amount of hemorrhage. So they've activated the massive transfusion protocol and have decided to go to the operating room because the child is having exsanguinating hemorrhage. But while you're still in the ED, you get a whole bunch of stat labs, including a TEG or a thromboelastography. And on that test, it's been reported to you as a surgeon that the R time is prolonged. R time is prolonged. Hmm. So what does this kid need to get transfused? I'll let you think about it. But in the meantime, you might have heard some different terms for TEG. For example, ROTEM. What's the difference? It's known by two different terms, TEG or ROTEM. And they are basically the same test. It's just the way the machine makes the clot is just a little bit different. And it's a point of care test, meaning you don't have to necessarily send this to the lab. You could have a machine in the ED or in the OR. You can get results in real time, track this curve. And what it looks at is it looks at the clotting cascade and identifies what might be the best product to use to help with abnormal clot formation. And what do the results look like? Scroll under the media player, open it up. There's an image of what the TEG curve should look like. So this is basically the output that you would get from a TEG or ROTEM. It looks like a sideways wine glass. How do you break this down? The first thing you look at is the R time. And that's actually the time that it takes for the clot to start forming. And that depends upon your coagulation factors. So if your R time is prolonged, you should get fresh frozen plasma. The next thing that you look at is the K time. And that's the time it takes for the clot to reach a fixed strength. And this is dependent upon fibrinogen. So if the K time is low... Administer cryo because that's where most of the fibrinogen is, is available. Next, look at the alpha angle. 
the alpha angle is actually the speed of fibrin accumulation, and it's it's related to the kinetics of the clot. It's also dependent on fibrinogen, so you can also give cryoprecipitate if this is low. Next, look at the MA. The maximum amplitude is the highest vertical amplitude of your tag, which is the maximum strength of your clot, and that depends upon your platelets. Not just the number, but the quality of those platelets. So if you have an adequate number of platelets, you may want to consider giving DDAVP to help with platelet function or transfuse platelets as needed. And then lastly, the L30. The 30-minute clot lysis. So in other words, the, the percentage of clot lysis 30 minutes after your maximum amplitude. It measures the fibrinolysis. So basically, if that's low, the patient might need... Tranexamic acid or um, aminocaproic acid. Sounds awesome, but it's probably a little bit institution-based on whether or not you can utilize TEG in the pediatric trauma patient. We do. We use TEG. That's Dr. Mira Kodigal. She's a pediatric surgeon at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Um, as part of our workup for trauma. And we use it, obviously, in the operating room for, for patients who have significant coagulopathy or in the PICU. And I think it does help you be much more directed. And that's in comparison to the usual one-to-one-to-one -to -one -to -one ratio that we're always taught. I need this dumbed down for me a little bit. That's Todd Ponsky, pediatric surgeon at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. Let's go through this again. What does the result look like? And do you have to have this table in front of you? To so the result looks like that diagram down there. So how and does... It, well, it depends upon your laboratory. Some laboratories will provide you with, they'll say your R time is prolonged, suggest FFP administration. They'll give you the suggestion. Yes. It depends upon your lab. And it comes back within... Uh, an hour usually, or well, it, de it depends upon if you have rapid tag or not. Okay, um, it can take up to three hours to come back if okay. it's not a rapid tag. Um, rapid tag is about less than an hour, thirty okay. minutes to an hour. And it also depends on your institution. That's Ray Hankey, general surgery resident at Penn State University. And whether or not the machine's warmed up, how often you're using it. Because if you're not using it very frequently, so we had to call the lab and tell them, like, hey, we're going to run a tag. Can you warm it up? Uh, if you have the capacity to watch the results as they're coming in. That's Alex Gibbons, general surgery resident at the Cleveland Clinic. You can get three of those four like key pieces of information within 10 minutes because really the only thing you're waiting for the full half hour on is the LY30. So you can kind of respond in real time. Explain to me the trans transamic acid, or tra how do you even pronounce it? Transamic acid. Transamic acid. Talk to me about that. The CRASH-2 study looked study transamic acid in adults particularly and in, in life-threatening hemorrhage after trauma and demonstrated that it, it had a significant benefit. But keep in mind that there's one major contraindication to giving TXA, head injury. But if this is so popular and it's been around for so long, why hasn't it been adopted for the pediatric trauma patient? It used to be that when the first Nissen was done, the first laparoscopic Nissen, it was 10 years until it was adopted. Our adoption rate has gone down to about a less than a year now because of digital. You know, that one of the advantages to ACTs over the TEG is how rapidly you can get them back. So you're standing at the bedside and you're having a hard time figuring out what to do with your ECMO patient who's having circuit issues or whatever. You get that information much more quickly. But there are basically two barriers to TEG being more rapidly utilized. You have to A, know how to use it. And B, have the infrastructure to be able to get it as quickly as possible. All right, so let's summarize. TEG, or thromboelastography, also known as ROTEM, is a method for directed transfusion of blood products when you're resuscitating a patient. That sideways wine glass that we're going to give you the image of under the media player, you could check that out. The way you go through that is like this. 
Look at the R time. That's the time for the clot to start forming. If that's low, the patient needs FFP. Then you look at the K time. That's your fixed clot strength. That will show you a deficiency in fibrinogen, so you can give cryo. Same with the alpha angle. That's the speed of fibrin accumulation. So you can give them fibrinogen, you can give them cryo. Then you look at the maximum amplitude. That's the highest vertical amplitude of the TEG. It's the strength of the clot. That has to do with the platelets. So if that's low, you can give DDAVP, you can give platelets. Just know that it has to do with the quantity and the quality of the platelets. And then lastly, the LY30 or the lysis at 30 minutes. That is how long it takes for fibrinolysis. So for that, you can give TXA or aminocoproic acid based on the CRASH-2 trial, which we're also going to give you in a link under the media player. So check that out. There you go. That is our session on TEG from the 2019 Pediatric Surgery Update course. If you loved it, Mark your calendars. August 27th, 2021. That is going to be our 2021 pediatric surgery update course. You can watch it online anywhere in the world. It's going to be interactive. So get ready to answer questions, to chat with the panel. Follow us on social media. You could follow along on social media throughout the update course and leading up to the update course itself. In the meantime, download the app, Stay Current Pediatric Surgery. It's in the Apple App Store. It's in the Google Play Store. And until next time, I'm Rod from Cincinnati Children's. And remember, knowledge should be free.